Oh, welcome to Dungeon Delving. I'm Brandon Wagner. I'm Adam McKeever. And today we are delving into kobolds. Now, kobolds kind of fall in with goblins as like the standard beginning of your adventure little guys that you fight. I mean, they used to be goblins in like the original edition. Right, right. There was no differentiation. They were just where they lived, right? It was like kobolds were lived in the mines and yeah. goblins lived in the hills. Pretty much. And that's a big part of it is... Like the places that kobolds like to live are places where first level adventurers are going to go. You know, catacombs under the city, abandoned mine shaft, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. So first, I usually start how I usually do these monster episodes. The first thing I do is look at their stat block, just so we can get an idea of what we're dealing with. Now, kobolds are super fun because they can have zero hit points if you roll their hit points. It <laughs> just <laughs> dies if you look at them. Uh, the standard kobold is a 2d6 minus 2 for their hit points. Um, CR 1 8th monster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have sunlight sensitivity, making them weak out in the sun. And then they have pack tactics, which is a very common small creature feature that gives them advantage if they have a nearby ally when they're attacking something. But, you know, it's kind of necessary for them being a 1 8th creature. Right. And, you know, the uh, Goblins have it, or goblin chieftains at least have it. Uh, wolves have it. Wargs, um, giant uh, rats. Those weird uh, insects from the Ravnica book have it. Okay, yeah. I so forget what they're called. They're Golgari thing. Uh, crawl. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, the monster manual also has the winged kobold, which is just a one quarter CR monster that can drop rocks on people and fly. Do they have it as the winged kobold. Yes, because I know in some editions they also have it as the Erd. Yes, that's what they actually mentioned that they're called Erds. Oh, okay. Because I know in like AD and D they had a, a separate stat block, right? And then uh, in Volo's guide you have the Kobold Dragon Shield, which is a CR one creature. Uh, the Kobold Inventor who has potions and shit that he can throw at people, and then uh, the Scale Sorcerer that has the ability to use sorcery points and also cast spells off the Sorcerer spell list. So, so you, there's you a few tools there. Artificer and a Sorcerer. Basically, yeah. Um, Hint for things to come. <laughs> kobolds are fun because they are, they, they know their weak sauce. Like, they know they are the bottom of the food chain and that they are pathetic. Yep. <laughs> and as a result, they're very fun to use because you can get one alone with the party for a role-playing interaction and just have this pathetic, spitting, sputtering, pleading, smeagol thing. <laughs> the the, the smeagol are like, I just recently saw some Thundercats and I just keep thinking about Snarf. Right, exactly. They're just Snarf with less cat features. <laughs> Dragon Snarf. <laughs> but, um... To compensate for this, they are mean little bastards. Yes. <laughs> they yes. love... There's a list in Volo's Guide about the kinds of traps that they use, and it is insane. It makes me want to use them a lot. You've got, you know, uh, bear traps that fall on intruders' heads. Bridges that will collapse if something heavier than a kobold walks on them. <laughs> oh. Um, pots with green slimes in them. Oh, Jesus. Uh, where's, the, where's the really good one? Crates of centipedes. <laughs> oh man! Okay, I needed them in high school, like right. Uh, snares, trip wires, you know, nets to pull creatures up into shafts, uh, pumps, pipes that pump boiling water. <laughs> that, that, that's just all amazing to me. Like they're just they're so sneaky and tricksy, and 
I think that if you're going to use kobolds against, you know, a second or third level party, <laughs> yes. you need to incorporate some of these traps to add a challenge to it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the other thing, you can get really creative with those traps, too. Oh, like, yeah, they're, just, they're amazing. <laughs> and one of the other things is that, like, that, that trap building, there are specially designated roles for kobolds that are just trap makers. And right, it's like, it's like a sought after job among kobolds. Right, society. exactly. So like, go nuts with your traps. <laughs> like they don't have to necessarily do a lot of damage, but like if it could be something like uh, you trip over a wire and it slaps you with a hundred and twenty five dead fish <laughs> and one live one, and the live one has a key in it or something. Like, like goblins that. are awesome for having a low CR creature that's a little bit whimsical and can add a little bit of a funny aspect to your campaign. But kobolds just take that and run with it. Like you right. can just have your kobolds be these ridiculous little guys. The, the other thing is, you can also have them be kind of serious. They they are lawful evil, right? Uh, t- typically in their alignments, they have a very structured society with very right. specific roles. And the thing about kobolds is they live. It's kind of weird because it says in the book they live short lives. They reach adulthood in a matter of five years. And most of them die by the time they're 20. They can live to 150. Right. But those are the ones that typically rule their society. Right. But because they're weak sauce, they usually die very young. Yeah. But they they have this very structured society with when someone dies, they believe that they are reincarnated in the next egg to be laid. So if someone important dies, then the next egg is treated special. And when they're born, they're immediately, it's like with like the Dalai Lama, like they find this child and they're like, all right, you're going to be trained for this job in your life. And because you were this person, so now you're back and now you're going to have your job again. Oh, man, that just gave me a character idea. I'll hold on that until later. Um, We might be on the same page because I'm thinking recurring kobold NPC. Like your players kill a kobold. I'm thinking a PC. You could do it with the PC too, but like your your kobold, you kill this kobold leader, and then your party adventures for a couple more sessions, and you end up you're being harried by something. Like you're they, you're being attacked, and it's been a couple years, and all of a sudden you're like, who's doing this? Who is messing with us? It's a kobold that has been told from birth that they were this past kobold reincarnated, and they need to take vengeance on your party. So. Oh, <laughs> That is, that is an awesome idea. <laughs> so for if you have but... a if you have a cult of party an adventuring party that adventures for a few years in game time, you can just have this kobold keep coming back essentially and just be squee from, oh, from Magic the Gathering. <laughs> goblin the Bob becomes a kobold. <laughs> um, so what's your PC? Okay, so my idea is so the leaders of the kobold society they're typically powerful sorcerers that have lived for a long time Mm -hmm. right right so imagine that one of them dies they get hit with that reincarnation egg you're born and you have no magical prowess (laughs) ever and And you're just expected to you're just expected to have all this magic so instead you like either become a fighter and you like leaving that or you leave to get magic and you form an eldritch pact (laughs) i'm thinking um you become a wizard 
and take prestidigitation as your first cantrip, and you're just <laughs> trying to like trick the other kobolds into thinking you have all this magic power <laughs> using like parlor tricks. <laughs> you don't. You don't. No. Invest That's... heavily in sleight of hand and oh, convince geez. them you're a wizard. They're like it just. <laughs> There's so many good Do the thumb trick. <laughs> I am a sorcerer. How many fingers do puppets have? Do they have thumbs? I mean, they, I they have they a have, thumb, but yeah, they, they, have, they can grip. They have cartoon hands. They only have four fingers. Ah. So three fingers and a thumb. Oh, means can't flip <laughs> us off. So one thing about kobolds is they are dragon kin. Yes. The way I kind of think of it is kobolds are to uh, dragonborn as halflings are to humans or goblins are the hobgoblins, where they're related-ish, but one is much smaller and weaker. Well, right. halflings, not so much to humans, but with the others, yes. And in the books, they talk about kobolds very easily being bullied into servitude for dragons. Mm-hmm. And that's another way to reintroduce them at a higher CR, is, you know, you're going to a red dragon slayer, it's infested with kobolds. <laughs> I also read somewhere that they also tend to be in servitude of metallic dragons too. That's something I've been thinking about a lot is having your kobolds that are in servitude to a dragon, whether it be an evil chromatic or a law or a good metallic dragon and having your kobold tribe kind of take on some of the the traits of the traits, yeah, and characteristics. Like copper dragons are notorious pranksters. So when you enter into copper dragon territory, all of a sudden there's kobolds pranking your party oh, all the time. The traps from a copper dragon kobold. Right, exactly. You can oh. if you if you want to put the time into really building the encounter in the in the dragon's territory, you can do a lot with the kobolds and just shape them into what the yeah. dragon is like. Especially if you're doing a campaign with lots of dragons. Like, right. if you want to have dragons a lot of the times, that's how you can recycle this monster type, but have it come out different. You know? Yeah, that that that's a really good point with the recycling them, too, because, I mean, you've played an RPG. You've seen the recolor. Right, that's all it is. And that's another thing is, what if your kobolds take on physical traits of the dragon that they serve? <laughs> you know, a couple generations of kobolds are serving a gold dragon, and now they're not brown anymore. They're gold. How does that happen, wink, wink? Right? (laughs) And maybe I was thinking about making, like, designing a world that's really, really dragon heavy. Like, dragons are all over the place. They're really strong. They're there. Talk here. Yeah, exactly. They are (laughs) the formative powers of the world. And so you have kobolds that tribes serve dragons and they take on those colors and characteristics. But then you also have kobolds that don't have a dragon to serve. And they Mm. are like, Kind of like rusty red and brown colors they don't okay. have that solid identity but then because of the dragon's latent magic when they find a master they change almost overnight like huh. they, they they change their their form that to is, fit their master i i really like that, that is so and cool. you could almost do like politics between the dragons where they're not just they're not fighting with weapons or attacking each other they're just trying to convince the other dragons kobolds to come to their side because that's where their that's their symbol of power is their how many kobolds they have working for them. <laughs> so the dragons aren't bothering the the humans and elves and dwarves. They're too busy dealing like, with their kobolds. Right. They're too busy campaigning to kobolds. <laughs> oh my god. 
It's like campaigning to rural America. And then, yeah, like maybe that's it. Maybe your party gets hired by a dragon who doesn't have very many kobolds. So you start going around to dragon lair to dragon lair trying to convince the kobolds. Oh, my God. That would be a great comedy evil campaign. That would be an amazing comedy campaign. A great role play heavy campaign. Like, oh, you just got to go around and basically be the go on a, a press tour with this dragon. That, that one, you definitely <laughs> want to have some resources from Acquisitions Incorporated. That is a great source book for anything that's going to be dealing with like campaign finance or anything mm-hmm. like organization based. Right. You want that book. And then your players, you know, you want to do re- research. Okay. Black dragons. These are the things they like. So these are the things that their kobolds are going to like. So we got to, you know, play to them and try to win them. And geez, that's how the next dragon king gets elected <laughs> by the kobold vote. So you're oh trying to get... <laughs> What if, like, some dragon, like, as they were trying to campaign, it's the kobolds started changing them since all the kobolds were already, like, associated with these colors, and the, the you got this, like, rainbow dragon out right. of it. And then you also can have a Trump dragon. Oh, no. I, <laughs> that's the villain of your campaign. What are orange dragons normally? <laughs> I don't think there are orange dragons. Well, there we go. There is now. <laughs> it's huge. It's a huge dragon. <laughs> and that's your bad guy for your campaign is your Trump dragon. <laughs> oh, jeez. No. We went down a bad rabbit hole there. <laughs> let's, let's get back to something nice. That's kind of like the whole theme of kobolds, though. Is they have these rabbit holes of weirdness. And they're just... They're, you can use them seriously, yes. But I feel like if you need to inject a little whimsy into your campaign and you don't want to use the fey because the fey's kind of whimsy requires a lot of thinking whereas the kobolds are much more slapstick (laughs) they're animaniacs of the dnd kind of yeah (laughs) so i I love analogies on kobold pcs the kobold traits are amazing okay so you get plus two decks and plus two strength Oh, wow. Yeah. Dang. I, I think I know what my next character is going to be. <laughs> uh, 30 foot speed. You have dark vision. You do have the sunlight sensitivity. So your uh, your perception checks rely on sight in direct sunlight are weaker. Um, you get disadvantage on attacks and stuff like that if you're... So you're a goth. Yeah, if you're in the sun. You get pack tactics as a PC, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And then you get the single best racial feature in the game... Known as Gravel, Cower, and Beg. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) As an action, you can cower pathetically to distract nearby foes. Until the end of your next turn, your allies gain advantage on attack rolls against enemies within 10 feet of you. (laughs) I love that. That's going to have some great implications for a DM running a campaign where that's going on. Once per short rest. Still, like... They're, they're, like, groveling in front of this, like, super evil dude, and they're just like, what are you trying to do? And all of a sudden, he gets hit in the back of the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> so, basically, I'm thinking, if I ever am going to roll my stats before I build my character, and I get some bad rolls, I'm playing a couple. <laughs> I'm just going to have this pathetic little guy that's just is like, no, all the time. That would be... That I, I've got to roll up a kobold character now, <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so great. They're so fun. And also they get draconic as a starting language. Yeah. So interesting <laughs> thing I was reading about that. Uh, the way they speak draconic, they actually retain some of the the look features of their like original counterparts. Okay. When they speak draconic, it kind of sounds like a dog barking. <laughs> like it, it comes out in these like yippy barks instead of normal like smoother draconic 
Okay, so they have a Boston accent. <laughs> you, you can't see my face right now, but it has just gone to the, that was terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry if any of our listeners are from Boston. That's just the first accent I thought of that I'm like, what kind of, what, what accent has a higher pitch to it? Because it's not Southern. <laughs> and you missed the whole like Boston Terrier pun that I was thinking of. <laughs> or alternatively, your kobolds could be Valley Girls. Like, tough. <laughs> they speak draconic like Valley Girls. And every time they speak draconic, every other draconic speaker nearby just kind of like face palms. <sighs> they do the Picard. <laughs> like, oh God. Oh man. And then you can also play into, that kind of makes me want to play into dialects a little more. Yeah, that was, ac- okay, so I saw this post on Facebook where they're just like, we're reassigning the dialects. I did like, see that. Like, I think dwarves went to a Boston accent. Yeah, and dwarves like, had a no, Boston accent. Or no, did elves have a Boston accent? Elves had a Boston accent. I think dwarves had a bad Irish accent. No, that was halflings. Oh, okay. What did the, I don't remember what the dwarves had. Oh, uh, it, it was all based on American accents, which I think is really interesting because, like... America has any, a lot of accents. Well, not only that, but, like, yeah. everything fantasy is always tied back to, like, some European thing. Like, right. The, I mean, like, I get a lot of the lore comes from Europe, right. but, like, let's get some originality. Um, Trying to... I want to see elves kind of like talking like this, you know, <laughs> like you, you, give them a, a strong accent where they're going to drop the eyes. They, they're not going to be able to find the I khakis. Think, I think the dwarves had a, like a Texan Southern accent. They were Texas. Big Texas dwarves. So all no, the- no, orcs were Texas. Oh, that's right. Orcs Every, were Texas. Everything's bigger with orcs. All your dwarves are Doug Dimmodome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome. Now, here's an automaton that's going to kill you. Actually, you know what? I would think kobolds would just have, like, a Michigan accent because we just talk fast. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> there you you're, go. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Uh, and I'm just imagining, like, a kobold bumping into somebody going, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Just trying to squeeze fast and get the mayo there. <laughs> kobolds are from the Midwest. <laughs> um. So you shared with me a fun little tidbit about colds before we started. Oh, yeah. The the origins of the name, how it uh, comes from a Germanic myth about uh, fae, that uh, they're basically these sprites that appear up and they typically uh, mess with people in mines. But they showed up pretty much all throughout German folklore. So that fae connection is a perfect excuse for you to put them in your Feywild adventure. Yeah, that, yeah that there's kobolds here. <laughs> I mean, like... The idea of a fairy dragon is pretty common. So right. Yeah, there's fairy dragons in the monster manual. Why not have fairy, fairy kobolds? Yeah. So, like, but let's think about this. Okay, dragons on the primordial plane are gargantuan creatures at ancient. They're huge, titanic yes. beings. Fairy dragons aren't that big. No, no, they're not. So let's scale our kobolds. <laughs> the kobolds of the Feywild Beebles! that worship fairy dragons are like the size of nickels. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> so imagine they, getting attacked by a horde of kobolds. A, a like, horde of nickel-sized kobolds. <laughs> They're just gonna like destroy your ankles. You won't have shoes anymore. <laughs> They're just hacking away with tiny axes and they're just they're gonna you're mine, just brushing them off. <laughs> they're gonna mine through your shoes and you're gonna think they're like like tiny little cobblers. You're gonna think they're Keebler elves or some shit. <laughs> what are you doing? What are these tiny things? <laughs> oh, I, 
I made a swore. <laughs> oh, I swore a bunch earlier, so I can't remember anything. Oh well. But <laughs> um I think that's what we keep coming back to is just having ridiculous kobolds. And I'm okay with that. I feel like I normally prefer to run like serious Lord of the Rings-esque high fantasy stuff, but you gotta inject some silly. Even Lord of the Rings has its comedy. Right, right, exactly. So that's that's kind of my my uh, philosophy is that, yeah, I prefer a serious fantasy game, but even a serious fantasy game needs to have a little bit of whimsy, a little yeah. bit of lightheartedness. If, 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 it, if it's too serious, you just fall asleep before the first 20 minutes of the movie are over. Right. Which yeah. you did. <laughs> Every single Lord of the Rings. It I, takes... I have not watched a single one all the way through yet. <laughs> I just watched two of them this week. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have the fellowship on Netflix for some reason. So I just like, oh, well, I guess I'll just watch the two towers and oh. Return of the King for some dumbass reason. Maybe that's why my cousin just recently watched back through them. There's just tons of posts. About I saw all her posts about it. I'm like, what? That's actually why I watched them. So I saw <laughs> Stacy's posts and I was like, well, I want to watch the Lord of the Rings now. <laughs> that's great. But yeah, Kobolds. They could be a lot of fun, especially if you play with that whole. Uh, I'm kind of thinking back to like Divinity Original Sin. How if you play as one of the uh, the undead characters, you have to keep clothed mm-hmm. to kind of hide yourself from getting attacked by society. Whereas like a kobold, like they'd probably like wear a bunch of stuff to cover themselves up and like try to find dark sunglasses mm-hmm. or something like that just to keep the sunlight out. And I would actually let them play with that a little bit mm-hmm. as a DM. I would be like, okay, yeah, if you're covered up enough and you've got all, all the right gear for it, like, yeah, I'll take away that sunlight disadvantage. Right. And like at night, <clears throat> you would be like even more potent or something like that. Sure, right. But um, something that's interesting about that is the sunlight sensitivity is like the only negative trait you see on uh, racial features in 5th edition. Now, earlier editions, you had negative modifiers. You know, if you were a half-orc, right. you had minus to your intelligence or, and your charisma. And they, for the most, they completely done away with that. I don't think any of the races in the 5th edition rules have a straight-up negative modifier. It's just that sunlight sensitivity for, like, uh, deep gnomes, drow, kobolds. Right. I, actually, that's probably a good idea for another podcast is talking about uh, negative effects to right. try and like strengthen the role playing of your character. Because mm-hmm. right, like my if, character in your campaign who uh, couldn't read, <laughs> which ended up being more comedic than anything. But true, still giving your character a flaw like that, like oh, my character is dyslexic, so if, or or not dyslexic, was uh, illiterate. So yeah. if we went into a room and there was writing on the wall telling us what to do, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> You'd be like, friend Robert, read this to us with your grown skin. Um, that was a good druid. My druid barbarian. Who didn't have any levels of barbarian, but was a druid that acted like a barbarian. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Shalala stick for days. Uh, Shalala's a great spell. <laughs> now, is it Shalala or Shalalee? Shalalee. But oh. I always said it. Shalala. Shalala! <laughs> and then I stick you. Um, that is actually a fun spell that has a lot of interesting uh, history with Celtic mythology, because D and D. Now imagine a kobold, kobold druid using shalala, using shalala on people. <laughs> so basically, if you're playing a caster and you're not playing a druid, take that magical adept feat that lets you learn a couple of cantrips from another class and learn shalala. <laughs> and. I mean, like, that, that's one of the nice things with uh, kobolds, considering their society. If you're playing as a magic caster, you are a well-respected right. kobold. Mm-hmm. Because mat- 
that that magical power is important to the society because right. the magic users are the ones that typically get old enough to lead. Right. And kobolds are if you really if you if you're dead set on having serious kobolds, those are your important NPCs. Those spellcasters. Those are the right. those are the kobolds who are directing their their minions to dig tunnels underneath the city specifically. That could actually be a really cool campaign where all of a sudden buildings start collapsing and sinkholes are opening because kobolds are like, we're tired of being the underdogs. We are going to bring this city to its knees with all these well-placed tunnels and explosives. And then you just get this this nasty, you know, your players are trying to make dex saves to not fall into sinkholes as the city collapses around them. Oh man, that would be such a cool moment. That would be sweet. <laughs> if you really want to have serious kobolds, then take just pay attention to what they do, where they build their societies, how they do their traps and their the fact that they are they're not into, they're not that smart. Like orcs are probably smarter than kobolds, but that doesn't yeah. make them any less evil and nefarious. Well, I mean Actually, the kobolds from Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, they're kind of like that. They're 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 they dumb, look, but they, they just look like rats rather yeah. than dragons. Yeah, but they're dumb, but you get enough of them together, and they're gonna do some stuff. Yeah, they're dangerous in groups, and that's one of the things about kobolds is just I almost want to play a game with a party of just kobolds, kobold PCs. They're just running around, just freaking trying to like gang up on everyone. <laughs> oh man, that'd be so fun. That'd be a really good campaign if you have a group of players that really want to describe what they're doing in combat. So you can have like a, all right, I hang down from the chandelier and our barbarian swings off my legs and jumps on his back and just have these cool team up moments with all these oh, little man. bastards running around. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, that's, a, that's a great way to blend that really funny D&D with, you know, some serious adventuring. Yeah. Of, the only thing is they can't flying press a, a gnome to death. Right. <laughs> They're too small. <clears throat> also, they hate gnomes. That's another aspect. Yes, because uh, there's a weird myth about their gods, how like uh, the gnome god trapped uh, the one kobold god that eventually became the god uh, in a mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was he's still about? trapped there. He took ascending to being a god rather than clearing out the tunnel. Right. Because he could do more to protect his people as a god than he could by getting the tunnel cleared. Exactly. And so he's he's in this maze and they hate. They hate him. Yeah. <laughs> like when I did uh, Hobgoblins a couple weeks ago, I talked about how this is a race that's very straightforward, very strategic, very, you know, orderly. But then when they see elves, they just go berserk and attack them. Yes. Because they hate them. Kobolds do that too. And that's another thing you can do as a DM to kind of plan out your strategy for your monsters is oh there's a gnome player doesn't matter who's the best one to attack first they're attacking him first yep and that's another way to also kind of subvert your players expectations if you have some players that are more seasoned they've dealt with kobolds before it's going to be understandable if some of that knowledge that player knowledge bleeds into their character knowledge and then you just kind of throw that loop for them like oh the kobolds are going to do hit and run but we have a gnome, so they're just going to keep pressing the attack on that gnome player. Yep. And you can throw your players for a loop a little bit there. Um, as important as separating your player knowledge and character knowledge is, it's impossible to do it all the time. Yeah, no, it, it, it's impossible, but... And that's it, where you as the DM throw in those curveballs. Yes. And kobolds are a walking, breathing, squirming curveball to throw at your players. Very much so. <laughs> Just uh, if you're going to run kobolds 
in high level campaigns, then you need to do that thing where all the monsters of the same type take their turn together because otherwise you're going to have like 200 initiative rolls that you need to deal with and no one wants that. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Mer yeah. Battle Spear, but with kobolds. Just throw them. <laughs> <laughs> throw, a giant, <laughs> throw a giant ball of those nickel kobolds at people. Or the or the gnomes in Gravity Falls where they like all hold each other's legs and make one big gnome. Have your kobolds do that. Voltron. <laughs> the Voltron oh. kobolds. That's oh, how you use kobolds against a higher level party. You see 20 kobolds. They form mega kobolds. <laughs> and then they pick up a big sword and they're like, oh, this is actually dangerous. Hold on a minute. And the players stop laughing. They realize that, oh, this big mega kobold is attacking us with a, with like a boat as a weapon. We need to watch out. <laughs> oh man, that, that that's good. But uh, I think it's getting to be about that time. I think it is getting to be about that time. So yeah, that's kobolds. We had a lot of fun with this episode. Yes. <laughs> kobolds are so great and ridiculous and I love them. But I think that's all we got for this week. We'll see you guys next week and keep on delving.